Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hello, and welcome to another edition of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm your host, Rebecca. Uh, Welcome to March. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere like us and in cold conditions like us here in Canada, uh, spring's around the corner. I can feel it. I've been telling myself that for the past few weeks. Even when it's super cold, I know um, brighter days are ahead. So hang in there. Um, Speaking of warmth and sunshine, this podcast day has probably been one of my favorites. Um, Allie Foley is such a ray of light. She is doing amazing things for the environment. You might remember her. Uh, we had her on the blog a few months ago um, regarding her launch of 10 Little Pieces. She's an ex-chief stew. Um, she's been in yachting for a very long time and as a result saw the impact of um, pollution and just how we're treating our oceans and how you know every little choice that you make has a knock-on effect even if you don't see it immediately or even in your surroundings. Um, So, I mean, this is less than two years since she's launched this. Uh, This year, she was the winner of the Sunshine Coast Australia Day Award for Environment and Sustainability. Uh, She's a Five Gyres Ambassador. She's a member of the United National Environment Program Global Partnership on Marine Litter. Um, And perhaps most exciting, she's been chosen to do one of the legs of X-Expedition, which is a female-run around the world um, adventure, really, by boat. Um, it's, it takes place over two years, and they do different legs. Um, it's all about um, scientific research and, you know, the global impact that we have on the oceans, sustainability, and it's just a really exciting time uh, to have her on the call with us. So I really loved um, having you, Allison. We hope that you come back after your adventure and you tell us all about it. Um, there's lots of ways to get involved. And of course, as always, if you have any feedback on this episode or any suggestions for other people that you'd like us to feature, we're open to it. Email me, Rebecca at OceanscapeYachts.com. Head over to iTunes, Google Play, click subscribe, takes a second. Review us, rate us. We love to hear from you. And uh, obviously, if you subscribe, you get first notification when new episodes come out. So without further ado, here's Allie and enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Allie Foley of 10 Little Pieces. Um, we've just had like a 15-minute chat before we hit record, so we don't want to miss out on anything else. Um, but it's been really great um, connecting with you, Allie. We found out we actually have a, a mutual connection. Um, if you haven't learned on this podcast yet, it's kind of a small industry, actually, even though it's kind of spread all over the world. So um, if you could catch everyone up, too, about uh, a little bit about your background, because you actually do come from yachting before you started um, 10 Little Pieces. Sure. Thanks for having me back. Um, look, I I started my my love for the ocean uh, when I grew up in Tasmania, Australia, the island state down the bottom of the world. Um, so the ocean was never really far from from where I grew up, and um, the Sydney to Hobart yacht races used to come in every summer, and um, I always kind of wondered what was over the horizon. So I um, I worked my way through different restaurants and wineries through university. And as soon as I graduated, I got um, my first boat job, did my STCW and got my first boat job cruising the Great Barrier Reef, which was an extraordinary mm. introduction to uh, onboard life. Yeah, and not uh, too I, bad. <laughs> I, oh, look, it was amazing. Could have picked worse places, um, yeah. yeah. So that sort of featured the best that Australia had to offer um, and uh, very quick became a chief stew there and then um, I was headhunted because we did a couple of, of broker trips um, to sort of highlight that it was the first super yacht in Australian flag super yacht that was cruising Australian uh, waters and I got headhunted and then um, I 
started working on quite quite a lot bigger boats, um, like 80 metres, 88 metres, Princess Mariana and um, Laurel and um, Ecstasy and a couple, couple of other big ones. And I just spent sort of eight years uh, cruising the world and having an absolute ball. Um, but yeah, it's it's been an adventure since then. Uh, I retired in 2011 and worked in um, in Cape Town. My husband is South African. Okay. Very very multicultural industry. Yeah. Uh, worked in Cape Town with Super Yachting South Africa, uh, teaching stewards and stewardesses, interior crew, uh, how to do the job and um, how to take care of themselves while they do it. Uh, and really enjoyed that. And then we moved back to Australia um, because we flipped a coin. Oh, my <laughs> when gosh. You have, uh, when you have, uh, you know, two different sets of families and two different sort of social structures and, and two cultures that um, you really kind of have to choose between sometimes. So, in all fairness, we, we flipped a coin and we we, um, we landed back in Australia. So, Australia is my home and um, we've settled on the Sunshine Coast here, which is, which is amazing. Oh, beautiful. I'm not uh... – I'm purposely not going to let my partner listen to this. He's from South Africa and we met in London and then we moved to Canada where I'm from. I'm sitting in like minus 15 degree weather right now. So he's like, I didn't know we could flip a coin. That won't go very well. <laughs> I heard that it's colder in Canada now than it is in Antarctica. I read oh, the have we done that again? There was one day last year and we are in the capital. We're in Ottawa and we do have some cold winters, but they're usually kind of not short and snappy. It depends. But uh, yeah, last year there was a day where we were colder than like Russia, Antarctica and somewhere else. And I was like, these aren't goals I like to reach. So no. anyway, yeah. sorry, I just, uh, I won't be the doing the flip a coin thing. Although a few more of these winters, I might be joining you over in Australia. I think. Yeah. Um, Welcome anytime. Yeah. So you were still in yachting then, right? Because that's when I think we were saying before, um, Dave Clark, who's been on our podcast before you did yeah. some work with him. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was really very fortunate. Sometimes coming out of yachting can be a bit like a train smash. Right. Uh, there's, it's a it's a really big culture shock um, to have to adjust to normal life, you know, doing your own washing, cooking your own food, paying bills <laughs> yeah. and things. Because um, you, you're in a bubble when you're on a boat. So, yeah, and uh, in beautiful to, locations, to, you know, not doing the day-to-day. Like, Absolutely, it's hard work, but um, it's a very, very different, different lifestyle to come back and and um, repatriate yourself. So I was very fortunate to be able to combine my academic and my onboard um, experience with um, Dave and, and Jody Clark um, as they developed and launched Super Operating Systems, which is a compliance um, compliance system for um, Super Operations, um, sharing knowledge, helping vessels become more efficient, um, and just really giving uh, captains and crew the tools they need to succeed as boats are getting bigger um, and crew are moving up. So safety, compliance, efficiency, all of those um, very important operational considerations. So that was super exciting and really challenging. And um, I kept very much uh, in the game, as it were. And another way that I've stayed connected with um, with uh, the super yacht industry uh, is through um, the admin of uh, Yacht Steward and Stewardess Tips, which is an amazing Facebook group. If your stews and interior crew um, want to check that out, it's this amazing forum for sharing tips and tricks and helping um, to share knowledge and um, not so much suppliers. There's no advertising, no job posting. It's just all good, solid information to help stews do their jobs better and take amazing. care of themselves. 
Yeah, so important because I think um, we had a <clears throat> chief stew on here before too, and she was saying kind of before the blogosphere and you know Facebook groups and stuff like that really blew up. It can feel really isolating when you're alone oh. for long periods of time and feel like maybe nobody's ever gone through this before. So that's a fantastic group. I think yeah, and, and mental health and self care is very much a, a um, recurring theme in that in that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, group because we we do have to take care of ourselves. It's an extreme sport, and I salute all of the all of the crew that are out there um, grinding away. Um, make the most of it, but really take care of yourself because um, you have to take care of yourself yeah. first. And you're especially in an industry where you're always giving back. That's the only part of the job, right? So you have to fill up your own cup first. You know. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you, so I love the story behind 10 Little Pieces. We did um, cover you on the blog back in the fall or early winter over here. Yeah. And I just think it's such a cool way that you started this thing. It was just like something that we all kind of try to do, but now it's blown up. You have like thousands of followers on Facebook. You've just been nominated for awards over there. And the most exciting, of course, you're a part of X Expedition. So back in the day, though, why did you start 10 Little Pieces? Like, what was the calling for that for you? Oh, look, I think I've always been concerned with efficiency as a chief steward. That's one of our big, big operational considerations. But efficiency and waste. I think boats are a very, um, a, a really beautiful example of a closed loop system. Um, and anything you bring on, uh, you actually have to lug off again. So to talk about efficiency and the reticulation of resources and um, watching chefs recycle, um, or not recycle, repurpose leftover food for crew or, you know, the, the efficiency of that always appealed to me. But um, it's very difficult. If, you, if you're not aware of, of the uh, challenges and, and threats that are, are facing our ocean and our climate, then um, you probably should start reading a bit more. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much going on and it can be really confronting um, to, to see it from a parent's point of view. I think my, um, my penny drop moment, I had my, my children on Noosa Main Beach here in Australia and we'd been on on the beach for a couple of hours and my kids were whinging for an ice cream. They were only really little Uh, and I said to them, as uh, I said, as I packed up the beach kit, you know, shaking the sand off the blanket, I said, right guys, um, uh, an ice cream is going to cost you 10 little pieces of rubbish and they were only like below six years old, so three of them toddling around me and within 20 metres or so of beach, they came back to me with a full bag of uh, cans and bottles and cigarette butts and plastic wrappers and little plastic spoons and it was a really shocking moment for me because I had been sitting on that beach for hours and I hadn't even noticed but they had gone looking for it, not even very far from me and that's what they came back and I was just like, gosh. And then when we got the ice cream, my eldest boy, Liam, said to the ice cream store lady, can I have mine in a cone, please? Because I don't want the little plastic spoon that oh came. Oh my goodness, up. look at that. That is the so, quickest teachable moment. <laughs> it, it was. And so all of that that sort of processing and the connection for him as a six-year-old to yeah. go, actually, what I just picked up on the beach, if I don't use that here, that might not end up on the beach. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. And this this sort of philosophy and the mantra fermented with me for for a few weeks and then I started a little Facebook page uh, less than two years ago and like you just mentioned we've we've become a five giants ambassador yeah we've um 
We're a community ally of Clean Up Australia. We have just joined the United Nations Environment Program, the Global Partnership on Marine Litter. And uh, oh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we won an Australia Day Award for Environment and Sustainability because this message is so simple. You can open a dialogue just by acting, by yeah. picking up one little piece and going, thinking to yourself or talking to children or talking to anyone, where did this come from? How can I stop it from happening again? What will happen if I don't pick it up? And that's just a way to start the conversation. You can take it to any um, any area of conscious consumerism or environmental impact or geography or biology or any element of, of a curriculum in an education program and help anyone relate to it because we're all connected to the ocean we all need to care about the ocean and we all have to act about um, what's happening here and most of that starts with awareness so for my six-year-old to become aware of what was happening on the beach and then change his his consumer behavior in the space of a few minutes yeah. um, was an extraordinary thing for me and so what I've really tried to do is magnify that message and now we've got an education program and we're going into schools and I'm doing beautiful podcasts with Zach Taylor <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful that the community here at home just um, – our local business community, the yachting community, the ex-expedition community, um, the, the 300 women um, that I'm one of these 300 women who have been selected to crew ex-expedition, the Round the World Ocean Sailing Mission. Mm, yes, um, please tell us everything about this. I'm so amazed and in awe of you and I'm so excited for you and I want people to know all about it. Oh, look, Beck, I have goosebumps when I talk about this. It's such an extraordinary series of events that, that have led me here. And I, I feel like I need to pinch myself sometimes. So X-Expedition is a, it's around the world ocean sailing mission. And the objectives are to research and raise awareness of ocean plastics and studying environmental and health impacts of those on, um, on women's health. Um, so, and also the, the economies and the, the ecologies of places that the, the mission will visit uh, in its 30-leg circumnavigation. So, it's That's massive, incredible. right? Yeah. And it's over, is it over two years? It is two years. Yeah, so, okay. the 300 women have been selected from, I think, oh, look, the figure I've heard is 10,000 applicants, oh but God. I also know that they are still considering applications. So, if anyone out there wants to check out X Expedition and see if they have something to bring to the table, absolutely apply. Um, so, we're all from all different walks of life. So, um, there's scientists, artists, filmmakers, there's... Um, ex-chiefs Jews like me who are just passionate about educating children. There's, um, you know, uh, actors and so many uh, industry leaders, designers, um, World Wildlife Fund, surf rider. Like, these women are just extraordinary. Yeah. We've been selected as women because one of the scientific streams, well, firstly, women are grossly underrepresented in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, medicine and math. And um, it's like we, are, we represent only 13% of the workforce there. So to, to offer young girls uh, uh, role models in that space is really important. Yes. But one of the scientific streams, so there's, there's a, this is the longest like longitude geographical and over time survey of different kinds of plastic at different stops across the globe. It's never been done before. Um, so all of this science is really cutting edge stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the science streams is to investigate the, um, the way that 
persistent organic pollutants bind to microplastics in the ocean. We know that microplastics are um, magnify biomagnifying through the food chain. And one of the things that, that's come out of the recent science is that as women, we know that um, we are actually passing on those persistent organic pollutants into our unborn children through pregnancy and through um, breast milk, which is terrifying. It's so shocking, um, yeah. And it, it, can you, I didn't realize this before, but if anyone's looking up, it's E, um, well, expedition, but the, it's two X's and they're capitalized. And why are they capitalized? This is so cool. To represent the feminine chromosome, so XX instead of XY. So it's, it's fascinating. So much Check girl power happening on that boat. <laughs> Oh, there is, there is. And the network, um, we've been told, Emily Penn, who's the, the mission um, founder, uh, she has said that we've all been selected because we all have a superpower. Um, so it, all of us do, you know, everyone's got their skills and aptitudes and abilities. But to bring those all together and to the table to try and focus on the scalability of solutions and the um, the application drawing, like the most, the most appropriate and effective solution development and then the scalability of those solutions is something that women can contribute to really well because we collaborate. Mm -hmm. We absorb um, alternate uh, worldviews really easily and we consider uh, uh, the uh, contingencies of different plans in a really flexible thinking kind of way. So that's really exciting. And already the network that we've formed just through LinkedIn and some of the Facebook groups that we've got going privately between the crew. Um, just just to be able to collaborate and network and go, actually, I've got a filmmaker that can help you with that documentary. You need an audio guide? No problem. Okay, here, oh, connect. Wow. You know, this, like, like ripple effect. Ah, it's an enormous – it's like somebody's done a dive bomb and the ripple yeah. effect. <laughs> Not the gentle one, the dive bomb and the waves are the coming. Dive, yeah, the waves are huge and it's, it's massive. Some of the media um, on the X Expedition website, um, you can check out some of the media coverage is extraordinary, like national. Oh, yeah, Geo. you sent us the link. I can't believe the coverage. And what part are you doing just so people can know oh, to follow my. I'm doing leg 11, lucky leg 11. Okay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing um, Tonga to Fiji in May okay, uh, through waters. I'm, well, I'm on one of the shortest legs, actually, because I've got three little kids, so I didn't want to be away for too long, yeah. um, but I definitely wanted to be a part of it. Uh, I'll be away for from the 10th to the 22nd of May, uh, traveling 500 nautical miles from uh, Tonga to Fiji. So these waters are afflicted by the debris that's accumulated in the Southern Pacific Gyre. So you've got the Great Pacific Garbage Batch in the North, um, the Northern Pacific, and then the Southern Pacific Gyre is the second largest um, uh, ocean gy oceanic gyre. Um, so this plastic that's affecting uh, Fiji and Tonga, it's not plastic that's generated in these locations. It's right. either being flown in to support their tourism industry or it's washing up from everywhere around the world. Okay. I, I actually just this morning saw, so the boat's on the way from Galapagos to Easter Island pretty much the most remote place you can go in the ocean right. and there was a photo this morning of a croc you know the the common decky shoe the oh yes the, uh, not the animal shoe, the shoe yeah <laughs> but the croc floating in the middle of the pacific and you're like and the hashtag is is this yours okay and visual it was really extraordinary because they're picking it. up 
just the microplastics, but there's like a washing basket or a chair or a toothbrush. And I think all of us have to come to that realization that if you've ever used a plastic lighter or a biro or a toothbrush that's made of plastic, these things that we're using have um, lives uh, and and that are hundreds of years beyond their usefulness. And plastic doesn't go away. Uh, It doesn't break down. It only breaks up. Um, So what we're doing through our consumption is actually – um, having effects on everything. Yeah, which we're learning so, is almost worse, right? Like the microplastics, it's not just how it comes in its first form, it's what it like morphs into and that has that. such an impact. Yeah, so, which is kind of why I love, like you say, you know, I was trying to get something that had this reachability and 10 Little Pieces is, it, it is so simple, but in the best possible way. Like, you know, a lot of us are on our own, you know, low waste journeys, or we're trying to be more eco-conscious and earth friendly. And, and for some stuff, it is that simple. It's, you know, it's the lack of paying for things or, you know, stopping, slowing down, being more conscious of what we're buying and where we're putting our money. But some stuff costs a lot more, whether it's, you know, energy efficient things in our home or, you know, whatever it might be. But this is like, it costs nothing. And I could do it sitting, literally, you were on the beach, you could reach your hands and grab it. Like, it is the most ground level kind of awareness. So I just think it's so incredible. It is the definition of grassroots. And yeah. if you if you're at a for the mums and dads who might be listening, I mean anyone who has children with them, to try and walk fast anywhere with a two year old is really challenging. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, you know, if you might as well do something. Time, anyway, you might as well do something. But to be able to start that conversation with children and it reminds me of this this brilliant uh, Maya Angelou quote that says do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. So with all this knowledge and um, the the horrific scientific projections that are coming out, the the climate crisis movement, the the students for change, the oceanic um, uh, awareness of of the state of um, plastic pollution, to have this knowledge and not do anything about it is verging on negligent I think you know we we have the power especially in an industry like yachting money is no object Mm -hmm. and if we if we can pay for an alternative even if it's a tiny bit more expensive but have the the luxury as it were of offering a selection of bamboo toothbrushes rather than plastic or um, affording appropriate waste separation um, facilities on board or even on port or paying somebody to come and separate that waste for you these services are available and they're becoming they will become more available the more crew demand them more crew will demand them when the more crew become aware. So if I can suggest to your listeners, just rethink, rethink how much waste we are generating. Rethink how much you're bringing on board. Everything you bring on board is going to have to come off again. So you're talking about efficiency just in lugging it on and off mm-hmm. for a first, but efficiency in terms of resource allocation and um, and the impact on the earth. You know, we a lot, so many people in yachting, you're not there because um, you are lazy. You're there because you are dedicated, smart, energetic, and efficient. So use that for the greater good and, and try and make changes. Share that knowledge as well. I think um, we were talking before about the yacht stewardess tips. You know, people will come on, uh, and on the forum and say, how do I – what's the best um, micro? 
filter, microfiber filter for my washing machine. And then an engineer will jump on and say, oh, actually, I've just tried the, the uh, you know, I don't want to plug a brand, but uh, right. I've just tried this one um, and that's working really well. So then all of a sudden we've got 12,000 stewardesses or stewards and stewardesses who are going, ah, mm-hmm. we can do that. I hadn't even thought about the wastewater coming out of the coming out of the washing machines that are running 24-7 on exactly. a CPO. yeah. You know, yeah. Everything that has that impact, right? And you just don't think about it. It, it, That quote is so great for it because, you know, before we started recording, I was saying the same thing. Like, you know, I would have done one step thinking, wow, this is making such a difference on my own journey, you know? And then you think of what if I took it to the next level? And then you think back to where you started and you're like, I can't believe I never thought about this. And it's kind of exciting because it's like... I look at it almost like a win or like a cheat. Like I've got this, you know, information and it's really cool and what it's doing. It's not just me buying it. It's like a life eco hack or a yachting (laughs) eco hack. How do I eco hack this? How do we suggest to our our guests that perhaps we don't do a a linen change on on the cabins every second day? What if we shifted it to three days? How would they go with that? How do we inform them that this is why we're doing it? Yeah, we're doing it to save energy. We're doing it to to try and reduce our impact. And I would love to know. And I my feeling is that it's being really well received because everybody seems to be becoming more aware of their impact. And if somebody going to do the hard work and reduce your impact for you as a guest for example then I think that's probably going to be a, a, a no-brainer a shift forward <laughs> yeah. I, I hope yeah yeah hopefully and speaking in terms of people like we say maybe not in yachting or just the everyday person what would you give them for advice because I think we are kind of inundated with information right now and we are I think from what I've seen from my peers and things. Yeah, there's, it can be overwhelming, but I think people are also kind of trying to do the right thing or, you know, maybe they're not sure where to start. I don't, I don't really know of many people personally that are doing nothing right now, but for somebody who's, yeah, doesn't know where to begin information overload, what's some of the easiest switches that you can offer? That's an excellent question. Where to start? I think, Mm in any of this, you have to start right where you are. Have a look at your immediate surroundings. Have a look at your waste separation in your kitchen, for example. Are you recycling properly? Are you following the recycling guidelines? Are are you composting? Are you separating your soft plastics? Just as a basic start. And if there's children around, get them involved in it too. Um, Just rethink everything you buy What is the impact of it and is there an alternative? Do I want or do I need this thing? Can I borrow it? Have a look at circular economy, um, uh, you know, theories and think about waste capture and resource value and how you can extend the life of that. We are living too heavily on the earth. Um, The 50 years of Earth Day is coming up on April 22nd. At the moment, I think I, I read an article that said, if we all lived how Australians live in terms of standard of living, we would need 5.2 Earths. Okay, we are wow. so far beyond what the earth can sustain yeah. and we're taking that from future generations. And, and the day you just, get... sorry, the day you just mentioned, because uh, just so everybody knows, yeah. is that the one, because uh, I read about this last year, we reached it in July, there's like an, um, an a spend that we have basically, right, for what the earth can handle in a year and every year we're getting shorter and shorter on it. Is that the one you're referring to? Like uh, That's linked to it. So that's called Earth Overshoot Day okay. and depending on the consumption, I think it's based on economic modelling for different um, cultures and different um different uh, economies around right. the world um, but you will have um, you know impoverished countries will have a, a 
um, more extended, they might reach Earth Overshoot Day in December, where Australia, I think at the moment, we're hitting it in uh, April, end of April, okay. which is extraordinary. Wow. Yeah. So Not that anyone is probably any better in the, in the Western world, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, Yachting is is an amazing industry, and I was very very privileged uh, to be a part of it. And I enjoyed the travel, and I I was stimulated by the culture and the um, the extraordinary friendships and and mates that I met, um, and stories that I garnered, and places that I got to see above and below the water. And I wouldn't have been able to do that were it not for the industry. So I think um, I, I don't criticize the industry at all. I just think there's if there's opportunity to develop and evolve and uh, adopt more eco-conscious uh, practices, we have the ability, when I say we, I mean the community, has the ability to adopt those and make those changes very quickly. So to drag our feet and and um, sort of fall into a laziness that the rules don't apply to us is, um, is really a little bit shameful. And I think we can make a difference and we almost have an obligation to do so. So when it comes to 10 little pieces and how that um, how that affects yachties, uh, I think we we live and work and, and thrive on the ocean. So whatever we can do to, to make it better in terms of consumption, yeah, absolutely. But getting out and taking care of the places that you visit – I mean, there's scenes coming out of uh, uh, the Bahamas at the moment after the after the um, the terrible natural disasters that they've had. You know, with just waves and waves of plastic. Those pictures could be taken anywhere in the world. It could be South Africa. It could be uh, the Pacific. This is how this is a global problem, but it's not someone else's problem anymore. It's very much ours. So to take care of your dock or make sure that your your waste coming off your boat is going to appropriate waste recovery facilities. Um, and yeah, those those sort of things are very, very easy and um, and uh, can be can become uh, part of the the modern culture of yachting that we take care of our own backyard as it were. Yeah, it, without it, right, there is no industry anymore. So it's kind of not non optional, right? So uh- yeah, and um, I okay. You also shared. I just wanted to quickly remind people um, with this X expedition, you can actually follow on Marine AIS Tracker. Like you can track all boats, but that's very cool to see where you're at. But it, after this exposure, so you're going to come back, and obviously it's going to continue on for another year and a half. Where do you see ten little pieces? Say like this time next year after that exposure, after that journey. What information are you coming back? How do you see that impacting? Um, what was once a very tiny movement that's grown into this massive thing. I don't know if you ever could have even visioned that it would come to this. <laughs> so I don't know if you can quite see it's growing at such a rate. Like, can you see where it'll be next year, say, or, you know, a couple of years is, down the road? It, it's actually amazing. The, the journey that we've been on just in the last, since we won the, um, the Australia Day Award uh, just a few weeks ago, I've had um, professionals from a couple of different industries step up to help me, uh, you know, a lawyer and an insurance broker and a strategist and a wow. media, a social media marketing expert. Um, because I'm just one person at the moment. 
moment and I've got three little kids. Uh, so for it to – and I'm pretty much running it like a stewardess would, uh, very efficient. <laughs> very lots efficiently. of balls in the air, very yeah, Lots of colour coding on the wall of my office right now, very visual planner. Um, but to be able to network and collaborate, I think the um, the relationships and the, the opportunities that X Expedition will provide me in terms of taking this message forward and collaborating with other other um, environmental and educational um, organisations is extraordinary. There's no competition in this space. It's all about collaboration and support because we're all motivated to protect our ocean. We're all motivated to make the world a better place. Um, so if we can magnify someone else's message, then that that seems to be the, the MO of, of how we're doing it. So through those networks and collaboration, I think uh, the uh, we'll be definitely expanding the education program that I only released uh, in December last year, and I've got bookings all through all through this year already. But I'll be I'll be training some other um, teachers and uh, administrators of that course so that we can expand it across Australia. I'd probably um, really like to develop. This is an excellent question. Uh, really like to develop um, the corporate consultancy to magnify that message to change makers at the other end of the spectrum. Well, I think children and our youth deserve uh, the correct information, like factual information and support to, to affect change in their own communities. I recognise at the other end of the spectrum with industry leaders, there's change that needs to happen there too. So, um, talking and collaborating and, and, and doing some um, uh, corporate consultancy to help, you know, individuals but organisations work towards the achievement of the sustainable development goals. We've got 10 years. If uh, your listeners haven't had a look at what the sustainable development goals are, the United Nations, so we've got uh, until 2030 to, to address 17 critical life-supporting issues across the globe. So if I can encourage industry to focus on any of those or help students identify which ones of those they can act on because like I said at the beginning all of this knowledge means nothing without action the time to act is now we have to change things to change things we need education and I think maybe I'm going to be given a bit more of a platform and a bit more exposure and a bit more support to develop um, my ability to communicate these messages in a hopeful way. It's not all doom and gloom. There is still hope, but we have to start those changes today. There's there's no time left. Yeah. It's not the optional that it used to be, right? You know, people have that's been right. composting and recycling and everything else for years thinking that's enough. But I think, like you say, it's kind of... Uh, that's why I love that you use that quote because it's just so true. You know, you, you do what you can where you are right now and then when you can do better, then you do better and then it just continues to grow from there. It does. It does. <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you um, – because uh, we're all about the environment, obviously, and protecting our oceans yeah. and you, you have had that experience on board. Um, and I'm not sure with three little ones how much travel you get to do these days, but <laughs> is there um, like a favorite place that you like to go? Or maybe you're seeing, you know, some very, I'm seeing myself like so many cool, you know, low waste destinations now, eco-friendly lodges. Uh -huh. It doesn't have to be that, but that's obviously your passion. Yeah. Do you have any of those oh. on your bucket list that you can share? I really would love to see Costa Rica. I think uh, their methodology is, is extraordinary yeah. and just the, the vibrancy of, of the, the 
um, ecosystems there would be amazing. But I, I just took my family home for the first to Tasmania for the first time in five years. So my my youngest ones hadn't hadn't seen um, Russell Falls, which is a, a one of my very favourite places up in in where the tallest flowering trees in the world grow. Very temperate rainforest, highly threatened because it's being logged at the moment. These are to see places before they're not there anymore is is kind of a sad, bittersweet way to wish things. But I also realised that I've I've had my privilege of travelling, and right now with three little kids, like you say, the luxury of travelling anywhere with a kids club kind of appeals to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, but just to oh, look, if I were to pick somewhere bucket list wise, I'd love to see um, Versailles and Denmark, maybe Japan, Costa Rica, a lot of the travel that I did um, when I was on board. It was back-to-back charters. It was really high pressure, and I saw a lot of it through um, a porthole. So I'd love to see um, some of the Eastern European countries and a little bit inland because I travelled along the coast back and forth, you know, from Barcelona all the way, you know, um, uh, down to Sicily and back again, and I did that a lot. Um, But to see more inland and – but I think think there's adventures. You can take that attitude of adventure anywhere and – more and more, I think people are starting to realise that where they are is beautiful too, and uh, that's that's probably where where I'll be staying for a little while, unless it's for for um, eco conferences and and guest appearances and that sort of thing. Yeah, you never know where that next uh, journey might take you. Hey, <laughs> your next job that's might right. also be lots of travel and you know globe trotting. So that's very cool, though. And like you say, it's um, I guess it's kind of everywhere now. But I've even noticed like even when you're traveling, even if where you're going isn't, you know, the most eco-conscious hotel or whatever, packing your own stuff is a great way to limit things. Obviously, like, you know, don't wash my sheets, Mm. don't wash my towels. There's lots of little things you can do. And I think, especially now, because travel is so accessible for everybody. So it's just blown up, you know, in recent years. So, um, and Mm. I think, like you say, they're also becoming aware of it. I mean, even our local dentist here, you know, I would never take a an extra toothbrush, say, I've got my bamboo one for myself, but um, they've just started offering that. So when you go, it's a bamboo toothbrush that they give out. So little things like that, because if you think about how many they go through in a day, in a month, in a year, um, I think it's so cool. Because often, too, that stuff ends up in a bin probably, you know, like maybe you take it because you're used to taking that item or same thing at a hotel, you open the shampoo, you're only there for a night, it has to get chucked out. So then, like you say, rethink. I think that's a great... That needs to be in big letters somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's in the center of one of my graphics at the moment. I'll, I'll send it to you. So rethink uh, is is right at the center of my new will. We used to have reduce, reuse, recycle in the in the triplicate, which is a great message for younger children. But as we develop our, our level of understanding, I think we need to um, remedy, regenerate, recharge, reform all the other re's, like redesign, relearn, regift all those, um, as well as recycle, repurpose. Yeah. Is yeah, that, that, sort of that one gets thing. all the spotlight, but it uh, <laughs> there's definitely other ones in there, isn't there? That's right. Yeah, and uh, while we've been talking about all these things, I want people to look you up. I'm sure everyone's going to be very sure. excited. You're so easy to like want to jump on board with. So um, <laughs> where can they find you? Plug everything. You're obviously still in fundraising mode um, for your leg. Um, if everyone didn't know, they are you are responsible for your section. So where can they find that too if they want to get involved or learn more about it? Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, Ten Little Pieces is um, very active on Instagram and Facebook. Our new website is 
www.tenlittlepieces.com. That's T-E-N rather than the number. X Expedition, if you want to follow um, the, the journey there, and there's a heap of scientific information. There's a heap of media. You'll see the crew manifest and get to know uh, some of the other crew members. In fact, all of the other crew members, we all have a listing there um, with where we come from and what our, what our purpose is for being there. You can find all of that information, and you can also track the boat uh, in real time through um, one of the SatNav um, sponsors of, of the whole journey through www.exxpedition expedition with a double X dot com. Um, so it's very exciting stuff. Okay, yeah, we're very excited. And obviously, when this post goes live, like we'll tag you and everything. So it'll be really easy for people to just shoot over and check you out. But um, if you're open to it, I'd love to have you back on in the summer or well, our summer, <laughs> once you're back and things have calmed down and just fill us in because I think it everyone would really love to hear how it went and what you experienced and yeah, just join you in that journey, really. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, I think it's going to be life-changing and uh, I'm very, very supportive of, of the current crew who are on their way to Easter Island. I think that's it's very rare in this day and age to have a true adventure uh, and I think that's what these women uh, are doing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very proud too. of them. Yeah. For the greater good, absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Ali. I really I cannot thank you enough. It's very early over there and I, got, I know you got little ones too, so we really appreciate your time. Thank you again. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.